I want you all to picture yourself in a situation. A situation where you live with a housemate. You're at work at the moment, perhaps in an important meeting, or perhaps doing something that requires you to be in the zone and not be disturbed. Then you hear your phone ring loudly at your workplace. Your boss frowns at you. You go and check your phone and see that it's your housemate. You think to yourself, I'm at work mate, so you ignore the call. A few minutes later however, your phone reacts again. This time, it's a text message. It's your housemate again. You check your phone and the message reads in one word, HELP! You reply to your housemate's text, asking what's going on. Your phone starts ringing all of a sudden. It's your housemate. You get up and quickly duck into a quiet room to take the call. As soon as you answer, you can tell your housemate is distressed and starts babbling on. Oh, Stephen, thank God you called me back. Oh my goodness, I, I need your help straight away. I got locked out of my house and all my all the things I need for work are in there. I, I can't have them. Like, uh, I just can't. I need to have them for work. I, I, can you please, please, please come back and, and give me your key? I promise I'll give it back to you. I just need to get into the house right now. I don't want to break in. I just want to... I just want to get in and get my stuff for work. Just please can you come back, please, please, please. Whilst you listen, you eventually give in and you begrudgingly remove yourself from your work, leave the office and go all the way back home. But when you get home, you find surprisingly that the door is unlocked and your housemate is nowhere to be seen. So you're like, well, didn't he need my key to get in? What's going on? So you walk inside. All of a sudden, you turn around And there's your housemate, sitting on the couch with a beer on his hand, pointing his finger and laughing at you. (laughs) Oh, you actually came home, mate. Oh, got you good, you idiot. It was a prank, bro. It was a prank. Oh, man, I can't believe you fell for that one. You are bloody furious that he pranked you like that. Now, I want you to all keep that feeling of anger for this episode because it will feature a terrible prank. So terrible that it literally destroys an entire country. G'day everyone, I'm your host Stephen, and welcome to the Bamboo History Podcast. To those new to my show, welcome. I'm a Chinese-Australian guy that got hooked onto Chinese history from a young age and decided to make a podcast about it. This podcast will focus mainly on Chinese history, but will feature history of neighbouring East Asian countries too. Do check out my channel if you would like to listen to this type of content, and please subscribe to it as well. I also have an Instagram, at Bamboo History Podcast, which features visual content for my episodes, teasers, and additional historical content too small to fit into a podcast. So check out my Instagram too. Thanks, mateys. To my existing listeners, Thanks again for your continued support through this journey. I couldn't have done it without you. Okay, now let's get straight into it. Ah, it was a prank. That's it. See you later, guys. Okay, no, that was that was, that was so lame. Today's episode. <laughs> Today's episode is the story of how a Chinese king ruined his entire country just so he could make his wife laugh. This story is set during the Zhou dynasty in ancient China. Zhou spelt Z-H-O-U. 
The Zhou Dynasty ruled China for over 500 years, beginning in the year 1046 BCE. But historians have separated the Zhou Dynasty into two separate periods, the first period known as the Western Zhou, and the second period known as the Eastern Zhou. So why is the Zhou Dynasty split into two eras, you might be wondering. This story will tell us why. Firstly, I need to establish some context for this story, and how territories and lands were defined during the Zhou Dynasty. The Zhou Dynasty was formed in the year 1046 BCE, when the first king of the Zhou Dynasty, after years of hard work, overthrew the previous Shang Dynasty. Overthrowing the previous ruler and subsequently creating your own kingdom isn't a one-man job. So after establishing the Zhou Dynasty, the new king would have had to reward the people who had helped him onto the throne, which would have included his family members, his advisors, and his military generals. Each of his supporters were usually rewarded with a piece of land in the kingdom that they could control. The size of the land varied from as small as acres of farmland to bigger pieces of land to cities and even large regions within the kingdom. Once these people were granted this land, they had to go there and administer and govern the land, which means they were able to form their own local governments and have their own armies. This was especially relevant and important during the Zhou dynasty, where means of transportation were archaic and not as developed compared to later periods in history, and that meant it was a logistic challenge for the central government to administer such a large territory on its own, especially the really far-flung areas of their kingdom. Hence, it was important for these local vassal states to rule the land for the central government and on the king's behalf. The only caveat for these vassal states was that they had a duty to pay homage to the king once in a while and bear some gifts. And more importantly, they had to protect the king with their armies when it was needed. Hence, whilst the Zhou dynasty was a kingdom that was led by a central government and a king, in reality, it was actually split into many different states and city-states, ruled by different people with their own armies, but answering to the king of the Zhou dynasty. These vassal states have a unique term in Chinese, which is Zhuhou, spelt Z-H-U-H-O-U. In the year 781 BCE, a man named Ji Gongsheng ascended the throne and became known as the King You of Zhou. You is spelt Y-O-U, and it's kind of pronounced similar to Yo, as in Yo yo, what's up, my homie G? King Yo inherited a kingdom that was already facing some problems, including famine and drought. But he was a shitty king that didn't really care about governmental affairs, and instead spent his time getting drunk, partying, probably whilst drunk, and constantly hitting up the ladies. He had a lot of wives, but out of all of his wives, his most favourite one was named Bao Si, spelt B-A-O-S-I. Bao Si was originally a princess from a Zhuhou state named Bao, spelt B-A-O, named as such because they were ruled by people with the surname of Bao. The Zhuhou lord of Bao 
in an effort to appease the central Zhou government and King Yo, sent his daughter Bao Si as a gift to the king. Bao Si first came into the Zhou palace as a 14-year-old, and when the king laid eyes on her, he was mesmerised by her beauty. We need to understand that as it was a long time ago, a 14-year-old girl was considered a lot older than they are today because the average life expectancy was a lot shorter back then compared to now. Nowadays, being attracted to a 14-year-old girl would be considered Epstein-like, uh, I mean pedophilia. Bao Si was really pretty alright, but she never smiled and was depressed as heck. King Yo tried everything to make her laugh or smile, but nothing ever worked. You know why she didn't laugh? Because I wasn't there at the time to make her laugh with one of my jokes. <clears throat> what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> In all seriousness, Bao Si was dead serious, and whilst history doesn't state why she was sad all the time. You know what I think? My theory is, because her home was back in the Zhuhou state of Bao, and her own father had effectively abandoned her by sending her away to a place completely foreign to her, probably against her will, the whole experience would have made her very depressed. Like, think about it. Imagine if you were 14, pimped out by your own dad, and then kicked out of your home and sent somewhere else alone to live? I reckon you wouldn't be so happy yourself, don't you think? Anyway, seeing his wife depressed made King Yo depressed, and he made it his mission to try and please her, ignoring everything else, including his country. He put out the word that anyone who made her laugh would be rewarded with a thousand ounces of gold. In response, one of the king's advisors came up with a very sneaky idea. The capital city at the time was called Haojing, spelt H-A-O-J-I-N-G, which is in the outskirts of the present-day city of Xi'an in northwest China. Haojing was on the western edge of the Zhou Kingdom, and to the west of the kingdom were a group of nomadic peoples called the Quanrong, spelt Q-U-A-N-R-O-N-G, also known in English as the, quote, dog barbarians, like the woof woof dog. The Quanrong dog barbarians constantly harassed the Zhou kingdom and would make regular incursions into Zhou territory to pillage, murder, and just to destroy things in general. To warn the people of these incoming invaders, several beacon towers were built on mountains near the capital city of Haojing. And if any enemies were spotted, the beacon towers would be lit up. The nearby Zhuhou lords would then see these lit up beacon towers, and then they'd figure out the capital city was under attack, and hence would be able to send reinforcements to protect the king. So this advisor had told King Yo to play a prank on these Zhuhou lords by lighting up these beacons as a joke to attract them all to come with their armies, and hopefully that would make Bao Si laugh. The king thought, let's give it a go. So one night, him and the advisor climbed up one of the nearby mountains and ordered for the beacon towers to be lit up, even though there were no Trenrong, dog barbarians, or any other enemies around. Then they went back to the capital city, where they also brought the wife 
Baosi with them onto the top of the city walls to see what would happen next. When the nearby Zhuho lords saw that the beacons had been lit up, they panicked and thought that their king was in danger, so they quickly organised their soldiers and hastily arrived at the capital city ready to defend the city and to protect their king. But to their surprise, when they arrived below the city walls, there were no enemies, no dog barbarians anyway, there weren't even any dogs themselves. The city was peaceful, and it seemed everything was okay. Then, someone laughed. The Zhuho lords peered up to see who was laughing at the top of the city wall, and to their horror, a young girl was beaming down at their shocked faces and was laughing at them furiously. And you know who that girl was? That's right. Bao Si. And the sight of all the lords and their soldiers coming all the way to the capital for nothing was so funny that she finally broke her depressed state and laughed. King Yo, who had also thought the prank was funny, and who was also amazed that he had finally made his wife laugh, also joined in laughing at the stunned Zhuho lords, and soon everyone on top of the city walls started laughing down at them. The Zhuho lords were furious that they had been pranked, and went back to their homes in anger, disappointment, and disgust. Now knowing what would make her laugh, King Yo would continue to pull this prank. He would ensure the beacon towers would be lit up, indicating that the Quanrong armies were upon the capital. Then, the Zhuho lords, thinking that the king was in danger, would rush to his aid, fueled by their duty and responsibility to protect the king, only to be met by the laughing Bao Si and the king. The Zhuho lords would then leave, red-faced, frustrated and angry at being continuously pranked. Reading and listening to all of this, it really begins to feel like a boy-who-cried-wolf situation, where everyone hears the cries for help and rush to help, only to find out it was just a prank. I, uh, I won't lie, I used to be a bit of a prankster myself. I used to always prank call people who were on my contacts list on my phone. But even I think this prank played by the king was way out of line. Like, like you, you went too far, mate. Way too far. Like, you know, like, I would imagine it would take an enormous effort to mobilize an army in such a short space of time, especially in the middle of the night, and then rush desperately to the capital to defend it against possible invaders. Mentally, they also would have been gearing themselves up for a fight, and I could imagine them feeling a mixture of fear, nervousness, bitterness, and perhaps a bit of excitement at getting a chance to fight. Then all that emotion, all that energy and time spent gearing themselves up for a battle, comes crashing down hard. All because the king wanted his wife to laugh and smile. And to cap that off, the wife was laughing at them, the same people who geared themselves up, the same people who prepared themselves mentally, and the same people who rushed desperately in the middle of the night to save her and the king. Not only did they do all that for nothing, but they ended up getting laughed at as a joke. So you can imagine that after a few times being pranked like this, the Zhuho lords and their soldiers would have been pissed off. Meanwhile, King Yo was so happy that he'd finally made his wife happy that he thought to himself, why stop here? Go hard or go home, I guess. And so, he decided to banish his existing queen and crown prince, 
instead instilling Bao Si as the new queen and making Bao Si's son, Bo Fu, as the new crown prince. If you thought the king's beacon fire prank was a bad idea, then removing his former queen was an even bigger mistake. You see, the former queen's father was the Marquis of Shen, spelt S-H-E-N, of which Shen was a Zhuhu state. The Marquis of Shen was so mad that her daughter got banished as the queen that he decided to take revenge on the king. So in the year 771 BCE, the Marquis of Shen allied himself with the Quanrong dog barbarians, and their armies marched towards the Zhou capital of Haojing. The dog barbarians are finally out, so I guess you could say, Who let the dogs out? Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> oh my goodness. When the king found out, he started sweating and panicking and hurriedly told his men to go light up the beacon towers to get help from the nearby Zhuhou lords. But I'm guessing now, you know what's going to happen. The Zhuhou lords did see the beacon fires alright, but with the previous pranks pulled by the king and Bao Si fresh in their mind, they were like, he's just having fun again, it's just another prank, I'm not going through any of that again and basically didn't do anything at all. It's just a carbon copy of the boy who cried wolf story, where no one goes to help the boy when the wolf actually arrives to harm his sheep because of the pranks he had pulled earlier. With no help from the Zhuhou lords, Marquis Shen's army, along with the Quanrong army, easily break into the capital city and ransack the entire place. King Yo, at this stage, is probably full of regret, thinking, Yo... Why on earth did I pull such a prank on my drawhole lords? But alas, it was too late. He was killed trying to escape. King Yo was killed, but Bao Si, the pretty wife that never laughed, got captured by the Quanrong soldiers. It is generally said that Bao Si committed suicide shortly after a capture, but no one is actually really sure what happened for certain. What I think is certain, however, is that after a capture, I don't think she ever laughed again. <laughs> oh man. When all the Zhuhou lords finally realised it wasn't a prank and that the king actually needed help, they were like, oh no, I, th- I think he actually needs help. I think, let- let- let's go. They rushed to the capital to save him, but it was too late. It was already dead. The Zhou dynasty court and the central government were all but destroyed after the ransacking of the capital city by the invaders. Power now, effectively then, lay in the power of these Zhuhou lords, who still had their power, their land and their armies, because they weren't invaded. However, because they still swore fealty to the king and the central government, they instilled King Yo's son as the new king, and he became known as the King Ping, P-I-N-G, of Zhou. As the existing capital of Haojing was destroyed, the new king, King Ping moved the capital to a city east of Haojing called Luoyi, which is now the current city of Luoyang in central China. Since the new capital city was east of the old capital city, historians have treated this as a new era and named this period Eastern Zhou, which began in the year 771 BCE when King Ping moved the capital. The period that was before that is known as the Western Zhou, 
due to the geographical location of its capital, Haojing, being west of the new capital city. Hence, that is the reason why historians have split the Zhou Dynasty period into Western and Eastern Zhou, because the catalyst was an idiot king, a sad wife, and a terrible prank. Before I end my story, I wanted to add that because the Zhuohou lords across China were now the most powerful people in the country and not the central Zhou government, they effectively began fighting each other, vying to be the dominant force in the land. These Zhuohou states eventually became the various states and city-states that would represent a fragmented China for over 500 years, which is also known in China as the Spring and Autumn Period and the Warring States Period, and I've talked about this before in my previous episodes. I can keep going, but my throat kind of hurts now, so let's just stop here for now and continue another day. So yeah, listeners, that was it. That was the end of the story of how a king, wanting to make his wife laugh, succeeded, but destroyed his country in the process. I know love is all about sacrifice and compromise, but I don't think it should be taken that far, right? I guess the takeaway for this episode is... John Cena! No, sorry. I guess the takeaway for this episode is... Never go too far on your pranks, because the bigger the prank, the heavier the consequence. Although, light-hearted fun is still okay, I guess. I hope you found this episode interesting. Please subscribe to my podcast to keep track of my latest content, or if you just want to show me some support. Additionally, head on to my Instagram, at Bamboo History Podcast, and follow my page there for visual contents of my episodes, teasers, as well as additional historical content too small to fit into a podcast episode. I also encourage everyone to reach out to me with feedback, comments, and topic suggestions. You can either DM me on Instagram or email me. My contact details are in the description box below. Okay, it's time to go now, everyone. Remember, if your significant other is depressed or needs a laugh, keep it simple and give them a joke book to read instead. Anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a great day or evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.